bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. A devastating car accident overnight has left four people dead. This all unfolding near 60th and West Fond du Lac Ave. And I just want to paint a picture for you of how violent this car accident was. There is debris littered all across this Milwaukee intersection right near the Midtown Center. You can see there are clothes and shoes, car parts all over. We're even looking right now at a headlight from one of the cars. Now, Milwaukee police tell us that this involved two cars. It happened just before midnight last night. They tell us a car traveling north on 60th Street collided with another car that was traveling on West Fond du Lac Ave. Now they say the car that was driving north on 60th Street was operated by a 32 year old female and it crashed into a car that had six people inside. Milwaukee police tell us that multiple people were ejected from that car and four people did die from their injuries. The other two people in that car are in the hospital, including the driver who has serious injuries. Now Milwaukee police tell us the 32 year old occupant of the car that crashed in to the car with six people inside that 32 year old is in custody at this time. They tell us those charges are pending review by the Milwaukee County District Attorney's Office and Milwaukee police have not identified those four victims that did unfortunately die in the crash. We are still waiting to learn who those people were and what exactly happened in this car accident just overnight. But we do know it was very violent as just how much 
debris is scattered across this intersection. Yeah, and we see by your live shot there that 60th and Fond du Lac has reopened. It was closed for a major part of this morning, but that roadway has reopened. Just incredible, devastating for the families involved here. Four people killed. Uh, Madison Moore in Milwaukee Forest. Thank you. Now, just so what you heard from WISN.com has now been updated. And so in case you haven't heard, by the way, I'm Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. And for this to come during law enforcement week is something that I believe is important. I'm confused. And so I wrote this down. I thought about it, played it. Um, I talked it through, wrote it on my computer, and and it just it just wouldn't come. My heart hurts. And I've been having trouble pulling thoughts together, and I tried to write it down, but I, I couldn't get past the first paragraph, the, the first, like, two or three sentences. There seems to be a societal breakdown of a massive proportion. And in every community, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male, female, don't matter, LGBTQ, all, everywhere, there seems to be a breakdown there seems to be a disregard for human life. There, there seems to be severe reckless actions in people today, younger people. I don't know what it is. You can get mad, you can get upset, but that's what it is. And for the life of me, I have no understanding or idea why. Guns, cars, baseball bats, knives, doesn't seem to matter. Drugs, doesn't seem to matter. I don't know if it's a self. Like, do you hate yourself? Or is it like, like trying to find out what it is without talking to people that it happens to? doesn't help. And so I'm going to be asking all week to law enforcement professionals. Because when you're in charge, but you're not doing the job there, there's a different perspective you have. And we're going to talk to some people that actually did the job that were on, that were boots on the ground that are going to do it and did it and can share how it feels. I can share how it feels to go to a car crash where people have died and you're the accident investigator and you have to stand here and process your own feelings while the public stands there in disarray, upset, mad, rightfully so at the death of their family member. Intoxication just takes it to another level. Intoxication makes it an absolute waste of time and energy to even talk about it. 
And not only has this 32-year-old woman killed five people and is suspected to be under the influence of an intoxicant or drug, she's basically destroyed her own life. So what I thought I'd do today before my guest, um, who needs no introduction, Chief, can I call her Chief Doctor or Dr. Chief? Or, or Dr. Sheriff? Doctor, like, what am I going to call her? Dr. Danita Ball. Um, Sheriff Danita Ball, Milwaukee County Sheriff, uh, will be here. We're only going to get into the incident in Milwaukee if she decides to get into it because that's not her purview. That's not her area of control. Even though she's the sheriff of Milwaukee County, her duties lie in different places. And a number of different places so that people would understand that. And I want to go over some things. This segment and the next. She's due in around 430. I want to go over some things and explain the law. We seem to have a common sense understanding of what the law really is. And I, and I, and I believe that one of the things we're going to look at Why am I believing it? It's me talking. I'm going to talk about what crime is. I'm going to show you some statutes so that you understand clearly exactly what very particular crimes are so that there's no question about what you think is right or wrong. No more common sense understanding of what you think is right and then go off screaming and hollering and complaining and protesting about something that you know nothing about. I'm going to cover some things today. So that you understand exactly what this young lady is facing. So that you don't come up with your own words and your own whatevers. We're going to be very, very specific in what we do. That way, at least as you follow the trial and follow what the prosecution is saying and follow what the defense is saying for this young lady, you understand and know that there are just some things that the law says that you can and can't do. And throughout the week, we'll talk about that. The things you can do that are against the law that you may not know are against the law. But yet, you can still be punished for it when someone else isn't. Because as of last night, around 12 o'clock, midnight, on 60th and Fond du Lac, Unless that's fixed, unless something happens, I, w- I thought about the city of Milwaukee. And you know what I said to myself? It's simple. I'm done. And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 101.7 The Truth. The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Американская фирма Transceptor Technology приступила к производству компьютеров персональный спутник.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. Make sure you tune in all this week as we feature National Law Enforcement Week. I'll be talking to black law enforcement officers about the different challenges they face in their careers, the impact they desire to have on a community. Today we have Milwaukee County Sheriff Danita Ball coming in. So join us today and all week as we take a deeper understanding of the crucial work that they do in in helping this community strive. Law Enforcement Week, right here on the award-winning 1017 The Truth, on the award-winning show, on the award-winning 1017 The Truth. That's what I'm talking about. All right. All right. So here's the deal. I'm going to go through some things that are in state statute so that you don't have any questions or any ideas about what you think something is. This way you'll know what something is. So a crime. What is a crime? A crime is a conduct which is prohibited by state law, punishable by fine or imprisonment, or both. A crime punishable only by a forfeiture, right? A ticket, or not not a ticket, a um, a fine. Like you do something and you get a fine of $100. That's not a crime. Criminal intent is an element of a crime Indicated the term when you use intentionality or with intent to stuff like that. So you have to know or believe. That means intentionality that the actor, you know, the person committing the crime, either has a purpose to do the thing or cause the result specified or is aware that their conduct is practically certain to cause that result. Does that make sense? So that means that when you steal something and you get charged with theft, you should have known that when you took it, the fact that you did it, you were committing a crime. Party to a crime. Here's here's the one that gets people in trouble because Rhea went along with Ken to rob the grocery, the, the, the corner bodega, but Rhea was in the car. Ken went in and did it. I get back in the car. Rhea has no idea. And then we drive away. They find Rhea because it was Rhea's car. Then Rhea gets arrested for armed robbery, party to a crime. Whoever's concerned in the commission of a crime is a principal and may be charged with and convicted of the commission of the crime, although the person did not directly commit it. And although the person who directly committed it has not been convicted or has been convicted in some other degree of the crime or of some other crime based on the same act, they can still find you guilty. So I'm in the wind. They can't find me. I'm in Acapulco, right? Partying down in Mexico. Rhea gets caught because it's her car. They convict her for armed robbery party to a crime. She tells them I did it, but I'm not in custody. So, and I'm not convicted. Eh, she can still go to jail. Then there's criminal negligence. That means ordinary negligence, can't say the word, negligence to a higher degree consisting of conduct that the actor should realize creates a substantial unreasonable risk of death or great bodily harm to another, such as when you don't feed your kids. Kids can get sick. Kids might die. Negligence. But the one I really wanted to jump in on is recklessness. 
It means that the actor creates an unreasonable or substantial risk of death or great bodily harm to another human being. And you're aware that the risk, except for purposes of some other crimes, criminal recklessness means the actor created an unreasonable and substantial risk of death or great bodily harm to an unborn child or a woman who's pregnant. Which means what? If you punch somebody in the stomach, you should expect, and they're pregnant, you should expect that the baby's going to be injured or die. You were acting recklessly. Now, in criminal traffic, right? Because some traffic laws are criminal. They were talking about it on the Tory Lowe show, and I mentioned it because I sent it in through the talk and text line. By the way, which is 833-212-1017. We need to understand that if you drive 25 miles over the posted limit, you are reckless. And that makes your driving a crime. 25 miles over. If the speed limit is 25 miles an hour and you're doing 50, you're reckless. If the speed limit is 50 miles an hour and you do 100, no. If you do 75, you're reckless. If the speed limit is 70 and you do 95, you're reckless. It becomes a crime. Why do I say that? Well, Two things this 32-year-old woman needs to deal with. First degree reckless homicide, whoever recklessly, we already talked about what that definition is, causes the death of another human being under circumstances which show utter disregard for human life. And it deals with unborn children, pregnant women, people that take drugs, all those things. Which then leads us to the statute 940.09. Homicide by intoxicated use of a vehicle. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine instances that a person, when they're driving, if you're intoxicated and use a car or a firearm and kill someone, if you cause the death of another by the operation or handling of a vehicle while under the influence of his intoxicant, causes the death of another by the operation or handling of a vehicle while the person has a detectable amount of restricted control substance in his or her blood. Prohibited alcohol concentration. Prohibited commercial, if you drive in a truck and you have a commercial license, between .04 and and less than .08. If you cause the death of an unborn child, if you cause the death of an unborn child by the operation or handling with controlled substance in your blood. And so on and so on. This woman has a very, very, and I don't know her past. All I know is what happened last night. She has a future that is not bright. Now, there are some things that mitigate when you commit a crime. In other words, there are some defenses that you can use to criminal liability as long as no one dies. Intoxication. 
renders the reactor incapable of distinguishing between right and wrong in regard to the alleged criminal act at the time the act is committed. Unless you're driving. Driving says zero. Once you get in the car and understand something about operating while intoxicated. The state of Wisconsin is not driving while intoxicated. And I'm not giving any legal advice. This is not. This is just a discussion. Reading statutes. You want interpretation? Talk to the county's highest law enforcement officer, which is who? The district attorney. Intoxication renders a person incapable of distinguishing between right and wrong in regard to the alleged criminal act. When you drive, that's a whole other level. Adequate provocation. A person did something that caused you to lose self-control. That's what the guy will have a defense for in Cedarburg when he got into the argument with the kids and he's Jewish and they showed him the swastika and it was on the floor and, you know, he got upset and started making quote unquote terrorist threats. His argument, his, his argument could possibly be sufficient to cause complete lack of self-control in an ordinary constituted person or provocation. Somebody picks at you and picks at you and picks at you to the point where you lose it. And then there's privilege, something they're trying to get rid of with law enforcement, but hopefully they won't. Coercion, somebody talked you into it. Now, some of these have a way out, but we'll talk about some of that later. And then there's necessity and self-defense of others. If we got into a fight and I had to do something to stop your actions and you're bigger and stronger than me. If Rhea has to fight Dr. Ken and I'm taller or bigger than Rhea and Rhea has to do and she kills me out of necessity. That's a criminal liability. That is a let me let me get the phraseology right. That is a defense to criminal liability. Now, what it does, it doesn't absolve you from doing it. It simply mitigates it to a lower crime. So you may not get as much time, but you're going to get some. That, that, that's not a real fist. Is that, hey, isn't that cute? It's like half my size. <laughs> but think about that. Many times women, when they defend themselves against someone bigger and stronger, have to do things that in normal cases, even if a woman was fighting another woman, she would not be able to get away with it. But if she's fighting someone bigger than her, maybe a larger woman, she might. When there's a difference between size and weight and all those things. But it's case by case. It's, it's not tried and true and it's not driving. Talking text line says they were saying that drunk driving is reckless driving. Aren't those two separate statutes unless you injure a person or property that can be combined? Well, they're combined in homicide. By intoxicated use of a motor vehicle, I would say. But that's just me. Some other things have to play a part because we don't know how the people were seat belted in the car. Did everybody have a seat belt on? Or did she hit the car so hard? Those are the things that we have to wait and find out about and take our time and be able to learn so that the evidence can come out. So there's a lot of things about this case that we don't know. All we can do is read. So somebody said, 
OG already says, so what should the penalties be for these situations? Well, the penalties are here. The penalties are clear. First degree reckless homicide is a class B felony. Homicide by intoxicated use of a motor vehicle. I'll have to look it up because this just talks about it. The only parts that I printed is, is, is how you'd be charged. Any person who does any of the following is a class D felony. Uh, let's see. Let's see. A person who violates sub one is guilty of a class C felony. If you have one or more prior convictions, suspensions, or revocations. Um, so they've, they've got some things in here where you can add five years and it can't be less than five years and on. And it, it goes up from there. So there, there are some things that that but but we're talking five. So whatever the penalty is, it goes up by five. Because those are five separate counts. One instance, five lives. It depends on how the prosecution positions the case. Either way, her life is done. She will spend a significant amount of time in jail. She'll spend a significant amount of time behind bars thinking about that. The question is, how many people do you know that get in the car after they leave the bar and go home after they drink? How many times have you done it? got in the car and drove one or two drinks, depending on your body weight, depending on how much you drink. How about zero? Well, we can't have that because we live in a state that makes liquor. It makes alcohol. It makes beer. And it's a social thing. So everybody does it. People don't want to talk to you if you don't drink. Oh my God, you're not fun until you kill five people. And then we point, but I guarantee you this weekend, those same people will be out at the bar be out at the club drinking that's why I said it with all this stuff going on I gotta tell you and it's worth repeating I'm done Sheriff Danita Ball up next You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. More of the Law Enforcement Week celebration on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on the award-winning 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. My guest in studio finally ran for office, didn't call me. Got in office, didn't call me. I had to go to a Delta Sigma Theta literary luncheon. By the way, if you want to hear some dynamic speakers, go to the literary luncheon every year. I'm just saying. Uh, I don't know what to call you, Sheriff, or... That little black mob right there. Right. Right all right, now you can hear me? All right. So I don't know what to call you. Sheriff, doctor, doctor, sheriff. I, I'm, those two don't match, I know, but, but what should I call you? The eminent doctor, sheriff, Danita Ball. 
That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Especially since you were saying it. <laughs> like she was going to say something different. I have known you for, oh my gosh, 30 years. Yes. 30 a long years. time. I came on the job. I don't know what rank you were when I came on. In 93? 93, I was a sergeant. You're a sergeant, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I remember that. Yes. And so, first of all, thank you for being here. You know. Thank we, you for inviting me. Well, we tease each other a lot, but we've known each other for so long. And, yeah. and, and I, oh, I got, I got some Danita Ball stories. So if y'all want some stories, <laughs> I'm selling them for like $2.95. And we get, that's $295. Okay. Okay. And, um, but, you know, you've always had that certain thing. And so I just wanted to ask you, why law enforcement? Of all the things you could, you could do in, in, in your life, why law enforcement? Well, my brother kept getting into trouble, and I thought that uh, Mm -hmm. I would get experience in law enforcement and then go and become a lawyer, and I could help uh, my uh, mother with his uh, fees, his legal fees. Mm -hmm. But I started uh, in law enforcement and really loved helping people, making a difference in the lives of others. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it became a passion for me. Well, I'm glad to see you back in uniform. (laughs) Thank you. Because, you know, you was one of them. You went to the dark side. The investigative side. No. And we t- <laughs> and we like to tease. But but I, I think what it what what it's a testament to is the is the well roundedness of an experience you've had. I agree. Yeah. I have uh enjoyed a lot of different uh positions on the uh police department and as a result uh I've gotten experience in different areas which mm-hmm. has helped me um as I've become sheriff. Yeah. And so you you went to MPD in what year? In 1985. Oh, okay. And so you'd been there for a minute before I got there. Yes. But she's not older than me, so how'd she do that? <laughs> hey. I think I was on the late show. <laughs> I was on the late show. And um, and so you were able to go through the ranks. How was that for you? I mean, was it was it as pleasant as it was for me? Probably. I <laughs> <laughs> see that's a political answer right there. I love that. I love that. It but, was very challenging because mm-hmm. when I uh, came on, um, we were trying to have more women and uh, African-Americans or minorities within the police department. As you know, because of the legal Martin consent decree, they were trying to increase um, diversity. And so um, it was uh, a struggle at first, but once you do your job and and you prove that you can do your job well, mm-hmm. then um, they sort of start looking at you differently. Well, right. maybe uh, she can succeed in this uh, right. in this job, and other people started, uh, you know, showing me the ropes, uh, giving me uh, some of their knowledge, their wisdom, and uh, it has helped me, or it helped me then. So, and so I think what most people don't understand about law enforcement is that. As you go through some of the, I don't know how to, I don't know if I would call it racism, some of the pushback kind of rolls off because you realize that in the end, when you call for help, you're really not caring who's going to show up. Exactly. You just want someone in blue, you know, and so it doesn't matter if it's a male or female. Um, You just want to make sure that the person has your back and they are going to uh, assist you in any way that they can. So what exactly I've been meaning before we go to break, I've been meaning to ask this for the longest. What does the sheriff's department actually do? So many people have so many different ideas about what it should be doing. What does a sheriff's department do in the state of Wisconsin? 
Well, we are a sheriff's office, and so we are full service, and we are responsible for uh, Milwaukee County. And within Milwaukee County, we have some statutory and some contractual responsibilities, Mm -hmm. including the airport, the courts, the jail, the parks, and the expressway. Wow. And you run the the detention. I know they named it a new thing out in Franklin. Oh no, that's not us. Y'all, get, you got rid of that. Well, somebody else. There was got a rid divorce. Yes, before <laughs> that's a good before I came to into office. That was a good way to put it. That was a divorce. Okay. Yes, yes. And and so now you really have to maintain how how is your how are your staffing levels? Are they okay? Or you can always use more help or both. It's uh, getting better, mm-hmm. but we still have challenges. Uh, and because we're getting ready to have a deputy recruit class, we tend to take um, anywhere from seven to ten COs and put them in that class. So I feel that the progress that we have made thus far, we're going to end up uh, taking a couple steps backwards. But uh, as you know, with our job fairs, we've had on the spot um uh, conditional hiring, and so that has helped a lot with our correctional officer's position. We don't have as many problems with our deputy uh, hiring, but um, we still have some deputies that are over in the jail that we're trying to get back on the street so mm-hmm. that we can have that visibility that we need in the summertime. Wow. When we come back, we want to talk about your last 35 years, and I want to go back to University of Arkansas. Really? (laughs) All right. Our guest is Sheriff Danita Ball. I'm Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. This week, Law Enforcement Week. More of the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to Law Enforcement Week Celebration on Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on the award-winning 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon, Law Enforcement Week, all week long. Our guest today is Sheriff Danita Ball. What? So you said you have like five or six different divisions or offices in an office and... We have uh, five areas of responsibility. Okay. <clears throat> and then within that area of responsibilities, we have other um, divisions and bureaus and units. So, Okay. And so what's, what's the most difficult one for you? Well, not necessarily difficult, but the one that needs the most management. The jail. The because jail? that's our biggest liability. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I know <laughs> having, having supervised the... Uh, Milwaukee County, you know, the, the city of Milwaukee, it's it it's it's interesting when the state comes in one day and then the feds come in the next day and you have two different things you have to do. But do most people really understand what that process is? I don't think so, because uh, I don't think they understand enough of um, what we do, why we do and how we do it. Right. And uh, as you know, the jail uh, is made of a people who are in the community who have been accused of committing a crime. Right. And so a lot of them have mental illness and they don't send them anyplace else, but they come to the jail. And a lot of people want to think that uh, we want 
uh, them there. If they could go someplace else, we would love to send them someplace else. But uh, truth be told, mm-hmm. uh, they have committed a crime. And uh, as a result, we are responsible for their care and uh, their custody. And we do have um, we have a vendor, WellPath, that uh, is a good partner. They're responsible for their medical, their dental, and um, their mental health care. And so we work very well with them. But as you know, if someone is hell-bent on uh, taking their life, eventually they will find a Correct. way. Correct. And so we've been scrutinized for, uh, you know, the deaths um, th- uh, that have been in custody. But we don't want, or my goal is that there isn't, in, uh, there isn't not a death in custody. Mm-hmm. And so we always look at that uh, to see if we could um, do things uh, differently. And so that's our biggest challenge. Is that reasonable, though, that there will be no deaths when you can't control what people do? And once a person is determined to harm themselves, they're going to find a way to do it. They're going to find a way to do it. And a lot of people who come into our jail have compromised uh, health um, because they haven't been taking care of themselves. So, Mm -hmm. yes, it's unreasonable, but it still doesn't mean that we shouldn't try to uh, ensure try to um, have a goal of no deaths and uh, work towards that. And so you tend to show everything that you've done up to the point something happened to show that you did what you needed to do and that this person decided, purposed in their heart and mind to do something, even if it's to injure somebody else. Exactly. But, um, you know, that's uh, part of the process. And I don't mind someone looking at the process to see Mm -hmm. uh, by chance uh, we could have done something better. We're, we all can do things better, right. but does that lead to their death? That's uh, what right. the uh, district attorney will make a uh, decision regarding. Now, you've got some deputies that have done some great things, too. Absolutely. You know, I see them on the roadway, and I'm thinking to myself, yep, that's a job I'm never doing. I'm <laughs> not going on the road. It's, it's a whole different way of parking a car, standing in a car, walking to a car, like all those things. I remember growing up in Chicago. And watching the Illinois State Police take over the highway, mm-hmm. their training didn't match them taking over the highway, mm-hmm. you know, calling for help every five minutes. And when I, when I see a deputy out there, I, I think to myself, you know, you're by yourself, you're working. And so the training has to be at a level where you are confident enough to do the job and help people at the same time. We've also unfortunately had some deputies killed while they were helping other people. And so do people really realize the the depth of the Milwaukee County Sheriff's Office where they're working in I would assume and I know people will disagree it's it's worse than working in and I guess I put that in quotes worse than working at MPD, right? Because you're on a road where people are driving 70 miles an hour or more. You're exactly uh right and uh, as a result they are putting their lives in jeopardy to help someone else. Yeah. And even if a car is disabled, uh, just the fact that they are stopping to assist that person, if someone is not paying attention and they are intoxicated, that could uh, really, um, you know, hurt that deputy, especially if they hit them and, uh, yeah. or kill them. So yeah. we've had uh, deputies to be killed. Um, deputy Alamon is uh, coming to uh, mind, mm-hmm. but, um, Yes, and we have some that were seriously injured, injured yeah. and had to uh, go off on duty disability. And so 
it is important that the public is mindful of uh, what the deputies do and to move over, you know. So uh, it gives them that added uh, uh, lane so that they can do what uh, they need to do to help the citizens. Well, I want to publicly say thank you because the sheriff's office has has helped me on occasion. And um, I think they do a fantastic job. Thank you. Is there anything you want people in Milwaukee to know about the sheriff's office? That we have some hardworking people who work for the sheriff's office. They are dedicated. They are committed. And even with our staffing challenges, they come in. They do their job. Sometimes they come in at the beginning of their shift or sometimes and work an entire shift or they are extended at the end of their shift. And so um, we need the resources, but we need the support of the uh, people. The correctional officers are the same. You know, mm-hmm. they are um, wearing multiple hats, uh, doing a thankless job. And so uh, I just want uh, the citizens to know that we have people on this agency that really cares for them and are doing the best that they can in some challenging situations. Very true. Okay, so I got a couple questions before we go. Okay. All right. Favorite music artist? Uh, Earth, Wind, and Fire. Finally! <laughs> somebody <laughs> agrees with me. <sighs> if there was, what is the one thing you have to do every day when you wake up? Thank the Lord for another day. Okay. Where'd you go to school? Well, are you talking about high school, college, or what? I'm a cheat, all the above. (laughs) (laughs) I went to high school at Crossed uh, Senior High School. Okay. And I went to college, uh, University of Arkansas at Fayetteville, Razorbacks. I also... (laughs) (laughs) Had to throw that in. Yes, yes. Received my master's degree at uh, UW-Milwaukee and my PhD at Cardinal Stretch. There's another person taking over the world. I thought it was just me. (laughs) But now she's taking over the world. And so what do you what do you hope to see? We've got about another minute or so. What do you hope to see in the sheriff's department in the coming four years? And by the way, congratulations on your election. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I want um, there to be um, a renewed trust uh, um, between us and the uh, community. I want uh, us to work in tandem to, um, you know, reduce some of the crime and disorder that we see. Uh, I want there to be additional transparency. I want there to be resources um, because we can always use more resources to do the job that we do. But, um, you know, and that's my goal is to make sure that our agency have the resources. But uh, while we're doing that, we're building that trust, that transparency, and that accountability. And so you were second in command with Sheriff Lucas. Yes, and so now you're the sheriff. So kind of the buck stops with you. Yes, absolutely. And so how can the community turn that around and, and help you with things like parks and, and on the roadway, stuff like that? Well, it's about a personal accountability or if you know someone who is uh, creating havoc in our streets uh, on expressway in our parks, Uh, just say something to them because maybe they will listen to you and Mm -hmm. maybe they won't go into the system and maybe we can have a quiet summer or reasonable summer where we're not stretched to um, the core and uh, 
people are not afraid to utilize mm. our resources. All right. For the last 35 years, you dedicated your life to advancing public service and law enforcement through higher ed and leadership, training, experiences, all those things, including service, has made you uniquely qualified to be the first female yes. Milwaukee County Sheriff. So congratulations. Thank you. My guest today is Sheriff Danita Ball. Thank You're you. listening to Truth in the Afternoon. Law Enforcement Week continues.